The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Uh, to a church at Glacia about grace and for us to understand grace and for us to uh, um, see what Christ has done for us through His grace. And so uh, we kind of started this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of quickly go over review, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into the last point. This is good news. I have one point today. Amen? All right. Thank you. Uh, so maybe you'll beat the Church of Christ to the restaurant this morning. I don't know. They get out at 11, so, or uh, the Methodist anyway. Maybe you'll beat them. But uh, chapter 2, drop down to verse 11. Now, we're just kind of jumping in the middle of a passage of Scripture. Uh, So Peter's, uh, Paul's explaining something. He said, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was cleared in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, who was a pastor at Jerusalem. So... We have, it's, it, as I tell you often, it takes me several times to read something to get it. So Peter's in Antioch. Remember, he's the rock star Christian. He's the, uh, he's the one that uh, they would have said, hey, this, this guy is coming to our church. He's, a, he's, a, he's well known. He preached at Pentecost. There was 3,000 saved. I mean, he's the man. So Paul's saying he came to Antioch. Well, the church was excited about that because they had this Peter coming, but Paul says when he was there, uh, I, I opposed what he was doing because he was clearing the wrong before certain men came from James, the pastor of Jerusalem. So the church at Jerusalem, they hear that, Paul, that Peter's down at East Delta Baptist Church, and they're at First Baptist Church, Dallas, and they say, we're going to send some folks down there and see Peter. So they show up, and so before they got there, Peter used to eat with the Gentiles, so he, he was part of that church. But when they arrived, these are the dignitaries from James's church, when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group, which were Jews. So you have a group of Jews come down from Jerusalem. You have Peter there that's also a Jew. He's accepted the, the Gentile customs. He's, uh, he's living with them. He's not requiring them to follow any Jewish customs. Now all of a sudden this group shows up uh, and Peter changes his face. Incidentally, it's, we're too graced to be two-faced. That's what we're talking about today. Uh, and he says this, uh, he was afraid that those who belonged to circumcision groups, so the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was also led astray. And this is Paul, when I saw that they are not acting in the line with the truth of the gospel, the good news, I said to Peter in front of all of them, you're a Jew, yet you have lived like a Gentile and not a Jew. So he says, Peter, I've observed you. You've been living in Galatia. You've been in the church in Galatia. You've been living as the Gentiles do. 
Now, they were Christians, okay? He's not saying he was sinning. He just said, you've been living with this, the Gentiles. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, Paul's kind of being sarcastic here, know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, so we, too, have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one can be justified. So we see this confrontation here. We see three characters here. We see uh, Barnabas, we see Peter, and we see Paul. And uh, there's some spiritual truths about them. We started last week just for a quick review. You can go back and listen to that online also. Uh, the first thing is this. Remember who Peter is. He's the, he's the rock star. But even great saints can go astray. Even Peter, he, he went astray. We talked last week. If you go over to Acts chapter 10, and we're not going to go there, but uh, the Lord had already dealt with this issue with Peter back in Acts when he saw the animals coming down out of heaven on the sheet, and, and Peter said, I'll never eat them and, because they're unclean. And the Lord said, don't call anything unclean that I call clean. And he was referring to the Gentiles. And so that, that, that issue had been, had been settled with Peter in the past. But all of a sudden, uh, there's, there's, there's a group comes down, these VIPs come down, and, and Peter goes back to his old ways. He, the, the Bible actually means he forced the Gentiles to follow Jewish customs. So he gets this group of people in him and around him, and he kind of throws his chest out. And, and uh, they're actually talking about dietary rules here. We talked about pork last week, and they're eating. They're having this fellowship. They're having this big meal, and uh, Peter's been enjoying all the things. And then he says, okay, you're, you're, you're feeding Jews pork, and we're not supposed to eat pork and all of this kind of stuff. And, and Peter, I use this word because we're going to end with it. Remember, he used this word called orthopedia. Uh, Paul said that word ortho means straight, and pedia means foot. And that, that's where we get our word orthopedics from. In other words, they, they had something out of line. You know, if you break a bone and you get a joint out of line, you go to an orthopedic surgeon, he gets those things back in line. And, and, and Paul was saying, look, Peter, you're, you've, he used that word, you're out of line. Your, your straight uh, footing has become crooked, and he calls him out on that. So even great saints can go astray, and there's a personal lesson there. Uh, the, the, the sin that, that Peter was dealing with was a sin of hypocrisy. He, he was saying one thing, he was doing something else because whatever group he was around, that's how he acted. That's how he wanted others to see him. So we see that. Then we have Barnabas, and, and he was a good guy. He was a good person in the church. Uh, Galatians 2.13 says the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. If you remember what Barnabas was, he was, they changed his name to an encourager. That's what he was. He was an encourager for the apostles. He, he went along on Peter's missionary journeys. He, uh, he was always there encouraging. He was always there supporting. But he looks around. Of course, you have Peter, this great leader over here, and you have Barnabas, who's an encourager. He sees Peter start all, start all this and saying, okay, Gentiles, you have to follow Jewish customs, and, and he just falls in line with it. 
He says, well, I, if Peter's saying it must be right, so he, he falls in line and, uh, and, and starts saying, you need, to, you need to do these things. You need to follow the things. The problem is Barnabas and even those Gentile Christians, they begin to follow a man. They begin to follow Peter. They kind of took their eyes off the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and they begin to follow a man. And, and we need to remember a good lesson is if we're following Christ, we're not going to be led astray. When we have a question, we, we don't need to go to a book and look and see what this person says or this person says. We need to go to the Bible. We need to search things out and say, okay, Christ, I need you to, to show me my way in the Word. And if we're following Christ, we're not going to be led astray. That's where Barnabas did. He, he started to, uh, to go astray. And when you talk to someone who, who may not believe the Bible and, and people you invite to church sometimes, you know, they come up with all kinds of excuses and all kinds of criticisms about churches and and they love to bring up Christian examples of people that, that uh, have sinned or people that have fallen away or people that do that. When, when that happens, you know, somebody says, well, I, I know a preacher and he stole money from a church and he went and gambled it all away. And, and you know what to do? Say, so, yeah, that, that may be the case, but let's talk about Jesus. What do you think about the cross? What, what do you think? Or if they say, well, I know this woman, she... She's there every Sunday. She's the most vicious gossip I've ever seen. You just say, yeah, I, I don't doubt that. I may even know her myself. You know, I may, uh, I may have talked to her before, but, but hey, what do you think about Jesus and the empty tomb? Somebody comes along and they say, well, the, the church is filled with hypocrites and, and why would I go and, and be a hypocrite? And I, and I see these people doing one thing and I see these people doing another thing. Just say, yeah, but uh, you're, you're welcome. You'll fit right in. I mean, that's a good, that's a good, uh, a good comeback. You know, we'll, we'll join the rest of us. But what those people are doing, anytime we see those excuses, they've taken their eyes off Christ. And they begin to look around at others, and that's what Barnabas done. He, he began to look around and say, okay, here's the popular thing, and here's what Peter's doing, and I want to fall in with him. And, and Paul called them hypocrites, and he said, you need to understand you are full of grace. And you have too much grace to be two-faced. We need to go back and think about the grace that we have. So uh, I like the definition. We talked quite a bit about about uh, hypocrites last week, and it was, remember, we talked about those masks, and during those times how they would have a couple of actors play a whole lot of different parts, and all the actor would do is leave the stage and put a different mask on and come out, and, and he might be a... He might be a villain and then the very same person go off and change a coat and come in with another mask and, and he might be the good guy. And that, that term hypocrite, that's where it came from. It's, it means somebody who wears different masks, who, who wears different faces. And Paul looks at Peter, he looks at Barnabas and he says, you're acting like a hypocrite. They would have immediately understood. They would have immediately thought about uh, this, this big cathedral that was there in that town where they actually had plays. They would have immediately thought about that person that changes his face and changes his face just according to what scene he's in. But here's the third person. So I think uh, the second person, we need to realize we go astray. Great leaders, great, great good guys can go astray. We've got to keep our eyes on Christ. But here's the last one. Paul, graceful people... Help those who are going astray. Now listen to that. Graceful people help those who are going astray. As I was kind of putting this together, I, I thought, well, you know, that's pretty simple. But, but I also thought about this. Do we really do that? 
I mean, do we, graceful people, do we really try to help those who are going astray? Paul wrote this, I said to Peter in front of them, you're a Jew, yet you've lived like the Gentiles and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? So, first thing, Paul confronted Peter publicly. Now, did anybody think about this? Over in Matthew... Jesus said, if you have somebody in the church and there's an issue in the church, he says, this is Matthew chapter 18. He says, go to them, that brother or sister, one-on-one. If they don't hear you, take somebody with you. If they still don't listen, take the church with you. Why didn't Paul do that? Well, I think the answer is this. If someone personally offends you or you have an issue with someone personally, go to that person. Don't, don't go to the church. Don't, don't, don't get on the, the, the telephone or the, the Twitter or Facebook or TikTok or Tweaker or whatever. You know, Don't go to all that stuff. Go to that person. That's what Christ says. So why didn't Paul do that? Why didn't Paul say, okay, uh, you sin, I'm going to pull you aside. The reason being is Peter's sin was in front of the whole church. I mean, it would be kind of like me standing up today and saying, you know what, you have to, uh, you have to go out and dig worms to get to heaven. And, and some pastor sitting here that, that said, well, you know what, that's not in Scripture. That's, that, that, the Scripture doesn't say it. You're not following, Jake, what you've learned. And that's simply what Peter did. Second thing, Peter confronted him gently. Did you hear that? Peter confronted him gently. He didn't, he didn't blow his cool and say, you, you're a rotten hypocrite. What do you mean coming down here doing those things? What do you, what, why, why do you call yourself a minister? Who do you think you are? You know, I was thinking about this. We like to force our opinion on others, don't we? Y'all shake your head. It is so true. That's half our problem in the country today is if you don't agree with me, you're wrong, and if you don't like my opinion, we can't be friends anymore. Well, Paul didn't do that. Paul just gently went to him and said, you know what, Peter, what you're saying doesn't line up with what you've learned. Peter, you've, you're full of grace, and you're saying words that don't, that don't see, that don't show others the grace that you had. Now, here's the thing that I tend to do, and I think we probably all, uh, we all tend to do. Paul didn't try to fix the problem. Don't we kind of do that sometimes? Hey, here's what you're doing. Here's your problem. And this is what you need to do to fix it. Paul didn't do that. He simply went to him, gently confronted him, said, hey, what you've proclaimed and the grace that you've received, you're kind of getting off base there. And, and he just left it at that. He just said, there's some inconsistencies there. Go back and look at God's Word. Go back and, and see what God's Word has to say, Peter, and, and see, see where you can come up and see if this is not right. Look in Galatians 6.1. This a little bit later. He says, brothers, if someone is caught as a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch out, or you may also be tempted. And carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? You say, well, Jake, you've been preaching three weeks on the law and how we're not under the law anymore. Here's the law of Christ. He said there's two. 
He was asking the New Testament. Here they are. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as, you, as yourself. He said, there's no greater, no greater law than that. That's what, that's what Christ says. So we need to realize that when we're filled with grace, when we see someone going astray, we need to, we need to confront them gently. And we need to confront them filled with grace. Here's a personal lesson, I think. Grace means that, that we're to be true-faced, not two-faced. We're to, we're to really be who we say we are. If we're filled with God's grace, instead of being two-faced, we need to be, be, be true-faced towards others. When we see a brother that's, that's going on the wrong track, we should speak the truth to them in love. And listen, if somebody's talking to you in love, you need to accept it that way. We don't know what Peter did. The Bible doesn't say, did he deny it? Did he, did he get angry about it? Did he, did he say, well, who are you to tell me I'm wrong? Did he do any of those things? I don't think so because we're going to see, as we close here, they joined together in ministry. For years they went and they, they joined together and they ministered side by side with one another. You know what, Paul, what Peter did? Peter said, okay. He studied God's Word and he realized, you know what? I was wrong. Here's our problem. This is my problem. I'll tell you. Most of us don't like confrontation, do we? I don't know. I, there's a few people that probably thrive on confrontation, but most people don't. I read this thing about a Native American chief. He had two arguing, arguing uh, tribal members come to him. The first came to him and explained his position. And the chief said, you're absolutely right. The second man came to him, explained his side of the issue. The chief said, you know what? You're absolutely right. They both left, and those men had two absolutely different stories. His wife said, two different stories. How could they possibly both be absolutely right? The chief turned to his wife and said, you know what? You're absolutely right. We don't enjoy confrontation. You know, sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes the, the, it says in God's Word, let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, that you'll know how to answer everyone. Ecclesiastes says this, Solomon wrote, two are better than one because they have a good return for the work. If one falls down, if one trips up, the other one can help him up. But pity the man who has no one to help him when he falls you know, there's been plenty of times in, the, in my, my years, I've been in ministry for 26 years, and uh, boy, I can think of so many failures I've had. I can think of so many times that, that I've goofed up, that I've did things wrong, that I wish I could go back and change. But I'm so glad I had people that came along beside me and said, you know what? You might think about that. My first message I ever preached, I was nervous as a cat in a room full of rockers. I mean, I got up there. I told y'all one time I flew a plane around for an hour and never got it landed. I just couldn't figure out how to get it landed. You know, I just kept going back. And y'all may say, well, you had not changed much in 26 years. But uh, I don't remember what I preached on. But I know this. There was an old deacon named Blaine Hall. As soon as I got through, here come Blaine, and he had his Bible open, and I said, he was an older guy, you know, he was really, really respected, and uh, he was hilarious. I could tell you some funny stories about him, but 
he had false teeth, and he'd push them out sometime. You know, and he said, uh, you were wrong what you said today. And he took his Bible and he said, see, it says right here, this, this, and this. And it says right here, this, this, and this. And you said this, and, and you need to look at that because that's not right. Well, number one, that embarrassed me because, you know, I've been in front of the whole church and tried to preach. Uh, I was just a youth minister, Dylan. I wasn't supposed to be preaching. I just did youth, you know, and a uh, preacher sucked me into preaching up there, you know. And, uh, but you know how, how gracious that is? You know, it, it, would have been, it would have been easier for him to say, I hate confrontation. Jake, you're absolutely right. You know, that's, that's fine. If you believe that, as long as we believe something, it's got to be good. But he didn't. He had that grace to come and say, hey, your gospel that you received, the grace of God, it's not lining up with the words you used today. And let me show you and let me help you along and let me bring you along to where you need to be. That's, that's truly what we see in Paul's life. We see that he had the grace to go and to help Others come along. Second Peter 3.15, we see that, that together they're talking. This is Peter writing. He says, Our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. Peter's writing a letter, and he, no doubt he's probably thinking back. And he was thinking, you know, I remember down in Glacia, and, and I was there, and Paul came, and, and Paul had some wisdom for me. And as as Peter wrote that letter, he said, you know, Paul, he wrote to you also with wisdom that God gave him. Of our three characters today, uh, what sandal are you wearing? What sandals are you wearing? You know, it, somebody said you don't, don't, uh, don't criticize someone until you've walked a mile in their shoes. And, uh, and when you do that, you're, you're a mile away from them. And you got their shoes, you know. So if you criticize them, you're you're way away from them. Uh, so what what shoes are you wearing today? You know, Paul he 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 was there. He was a person full of grace, but he helped one who stumbled. We have Peter there, who, you know, whatever group he was in, he put that mask on. Boy, this morning at church we look nice and we fit in, but boy, tomorrow when I get around my buddies and my friends. I got to throw this mask away and I got to put this mask on. Remember, God gave us His grace and we have too much to be two faced. Maybe you're Barnabas. You've kind of taken your eyes off of, of Christ. You kind of you started following a man. And boy, if you follow a man, if you follow me, we're both going to end up in the wrong place. I want to ask you as you bow your heads to think about where are you today? And the main thing I want you to think about this is the grace of God. Wonderful, matchless grace of our loving God. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was lost, I was blind, but now I'm found through God's amazing grace. If you're a born-again Christian, if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, God has poured His grace out upon you. And it's too precious of a gift to change masks with different crowds. Now, folks, I'm praying for myself this morning, and I want to pray for you 
Father, I pray that as we look at some different characters here and we look at some different things that we see in the life of Peter, a great leader, a great spiritual leader of his time, Father, even great spiritual leaders can sometimes get sidetracked. We look at Barnabas, a great encourager, but Father, even good people can go astray. And Father, I pray that we'd know when we find ourselves there, Lord, that we would just relax in your grace. You tell us if we would just repent, if we turn from our wicked ways, you, you forgive us and you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, I thank you for that truth. Lord, I pray also that we'd be able to share our heart's desire, that we'd be able to talk with brothers and sisters in Christ, those who maybe falling away, maybe on the wrong path. Lord, not to correct, just to say, hey, you might take a look at this. Lord, I pray that we'd know when people disagree, uh, we're not always right. We've always got an opinion. That, Father, we'd be able to address each other with respect, with grace, for the good of your kingdom. Lord, that we'd be able to take our, our selfish desires our wants, set them aside for the goodness of your kingdom. Lord, only through your spirit can those things be revealed to us. So, Lord, I pray today that your spirit would show us those things. Lord, I pray that we'd be consistent in our beliefs and we would be always true to you. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.